0: Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, beaten down on Sunday, Bloody Sunday, but I'm back for more. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew Lynch. Andrew, it was a Bloody Sunday indeed.
1: Yeah, Conor Khabib might have only been the second biggest beatdown of the weekend because we both took it hard. I didn't even shave this morning. I didn't feel like I deserved to be handsome. That's how bad of a bloodbath this weekend was.
0: I am uh, in the process of cutting up a Ryan Tannehill jersey right now. Producer Conrad even took a beating this weekend. Folks, it was a rough weekend in gambling. We will recap all of it for you on the podcast today. We will get into the Monday night game as well. We will look at so many things. As always, subscribe, rate, and review. Let's get started. What did you learn? All right, Andrew Lynch. We're going to talk about what did you learn from this weekend in NFL gambling. I'll get things started here. The big number that jumps out at me. Home dogs on Sunday, 4-0 against the spread for the season Home underdogs are 16-6. and That is a trend that is going to continue this week, or it's going to come to a screeching halt because, Lynch, there are five home underdogs on Sunday. And if you include Thursday night, there are six in week five. I've got to say, home underdogs. Listen, the Buffalo Bills this past Sunday came up big with the win over the Tennessee Titans. We saw my New York Jets, my money line pick. They came through. The Seattle Seahawks, the Browns. I could go on and on. It was, it's shaping up as a season where there is so much parity that if you're at home and you're getting points, that's been a play. And the Sharps are continuing to see that trend as we go into week
1: six. You look at the Giants, who are three-point underdogs against the Eagles as we record this podcast. They're getting 20% more of the money bet on them than the number of tickets. And that's one of the big indicators that you want to look at say you have 21% of the betting tickets are coming in on the Giants, but they're getting 41% of the total money being bet. That means there's a small pool of really smart bettors who are putting a lot more money on New York than on Philadelphia. We look at the Browns. They're one-point dogs against the Chargers. They're only getting 23% of all the the betting tickets, but they're getting 38% of the money. That's a 15% discrepancy. And usually when you get that big of a discrepancy, that means the Sharps are onto something and there's a lot of value
0: in following that logic. All right, Lynch, let me take your step a next level, uh, uh, just a step further, because people listening to this podcast are like, wow, that's great information. Now, Where did you get the information of how much is coming in on a team ticket wise versus spread? And is there a way for our listeners to find that information as well? So I actually, you've, Probably heard me mention it a couple times.
1: I'm a big fan of the Action Network, our friends over there. They do a great job covering the world of gambling. It is a subscription-based service. You do have to pay, I think it's $3 a month with the right promo code. My average unit, we talk about units a lot. I'm usually risking $50 on any given action. That's my typical one unit bet. So to, to spend $3 a month for this kind of insight that is going to add value to me as a gambler, I'll, I'll do that all day long. But yeah, the Action Network is where I get a lot of my numbers. They track a lot of uh, lines in real time. They're tracking the percentage of bets, percentage of money, and giving you some
0: great insight as well. So shout out to the Action Network. My next step for what did you learn, Lynch? We've talked about it now three weeks in a row, okay? I'm in a pick'em league on Yahoo, a bunch of former UCLA grads. And when I look at the disparity, and we said this in week two, teams getting 70 or more percent of the picks, and this is a public pick'em league, They went one and four against the spread. Week three, they went one and five against the spread. Any guesses how they did? And this is on me, folks, for just not following through after telling you this. So the Titans got 78% of the picks. They did not win or cover. The Packers, 75% of the picks, did not win or cover. Broncos, 77. Rams, 70. The only win against the spread was the New England Patriots. Now we'll see what happens tonight with Redskins, Saints. We'll get to that later. But 71% of the picks are on the Saints. I cannot stress it enough. There, As more and more people, Lynch, get into the gambling space, you've got a lot of amateurs who see what they just saw and say, I'm betting on that team that looked awesome. Hey, man, the Detroit Lions, they haven't trailed for one minute against Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers this season. They beat both of them. I've got to bet on them. Take a pause. It's not—this is a week-to-week league. It's not like, oh, my gosh, they were amazing last week. No, you've got to erase that. But the public sees what they saw last and likes to back them. A word of caution. We'll give out the numbers Thursday for this week, but I'm just telling you, tonight, the pick— according to all the public, is the Saints. We'll get into that game later. Anything else that you learn, Lynch, that you want to get into? Well, I
1: really like your point about there being so many more gamblers in the pool these days, which is great. We want everyone to be out there, you know, betting on sports responsibly. Um, the... the- We saw something similar in poker 15 years ago, right? Chris Moneymaker wins the World Series of Poker in 2003. Fossil Man Greg Raymer wins in 2004. And all of a sudden, everyone thinks they're a professional poker Mm. player. And then you didn't have to be the best poker player in the world to make a living. You just had to be better than the people at your table. And the table was full of fish. I feel like Vegas has to feel like they're just the, the shark at the table right now. And the flip side of that, and what I learned this weekend, or had reinforced really is the Sharps are sharp. We saw it in two particular instances. One, that Packers-Lions oh, game, which gosh. I just completely missed on. We
0: both did. We'll, we'll dive into that one later. You're right. Though. And there's we- a difference between
1: results and process. You know, we, I lost uh, the money line bet, Bengals versus uh, Dolphins. Um, but I'm okay with that because I feel like, A, if I make that bet 100 times, I turn a pretty hefty profit there. And even in that individual game with the way that it played out, that goes the Dolphins' way more often than not. The other one was the Khabib-Connor fight. I said on Thursday that I thought getting your money in on Khabib late Saturday was going to be the best play. And I was wrong. While Connor stayed public, and it's a little harder to find percentage of bets versus percentage of money with UFC, Connor stayed the public side. Most of the tickets, most of the bets were coming in on Conor McGregor, as you would assume. But there was so much money coming in on Khabib fighting someone who had trash-talked him for six months had said some really nasty things and hadn't stepped in the octagon in two years there was so much money coming in on Khabib that his line actually got longer and longer it was up to minus 170 at the at the time of the main event and because all of this money was coming in on Khabib and that to me I ended up paying a little bit heftier of a price than I wanted that was the confirmation I needed that Khabib was going to crush Conor I got four units in to win two and a half. Um, So thank you to the sharps there, because otherwise this could have been a really bad weekend.
0: So all right, so we learned plenty, and we listen. This is just like life, folks. You're learning as you go. You never stop learning. Show me the money. All right, next up, Lynch, we want to get to Put Up or Shut Up, rapidly becoming one of my favorite things on the podcast. On the internet. It is one of my favorite things on the internet. I will take it. Uh, You guys know how it works. You pick the game, I pick the side. You use the hashtag Put Up or Shut Up, tweet it at me, drop it in my Instagram DMs, whatever you want, even in the comments section on one of my Instagram pictures if you'd like. Hashtag Put Up or Shut Up. The bets that came at me this week... And for the second week in a row, I went one and one at T Nicholson 21. You bet me, Vikings, Eagles. I went with the Vikings. They covered. Thank you very much. They were three point underdogs. Mr. at AC Nelson 93. He went with Lynch. He tricked me here. He went with a big spread. We haven't seen this yet. Nebraska, Wisconsin. Wisconsin was favored by 20 and a half. I was feeling good about that game. I think I even texted. Uh, Conrad or Lynch or both of them, you know, it was forty one seventeen in the fourth. I was like, all right, two and zero, oh and put up or shut up. I, and, and then I, what happened? I changed the game, and of course, uh, Nebraska's uh, true freshman quarterbacks rolls down the field quickly, and they score a touchdown. In Wisconsin, just goes into a shell, doesn't even try the rest of the game, and they don't cover the big number. So, uh, Mister at AC Nelson ninety three, I will be Venmoing or. Cash apping you $10 as soon as this podcast is over. So, one and one for your boy. Remember, hashtag put up or shut up. You pick the game, top 25 or any NFL matchup using the lines from the Westgate, and I pick the side. I will pay you if I lose. What I need from you, Mr. Nicholson21, you need to give us a five star review, and I need to see that tweet. Hey, this is the greatest podcast ever. And sports gamblers should all listen to it. Give Lynch a shout-out. Give me one as well. Thank you for gambling against me. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Now on to what were you thinking, the segment where we either you know pat ourselves on the back and injure our shoulders doing so, or we just admit colossal failure, because that's what we both were this week, Lynch. And listen, it happens. As you talked about earlier, trust your process. Listen. I saw that Green Bay Packers line against the Lions. I said, what's going on here? We discussed it ad nauseum. And we both agreed, listen, the Packers are the play. They were down 24-0. 24 nothing. Now I will say this. Lynch, if you look at the box score, the Packers had over 500 yards of offense, way more first downs, much better in yards per play. But you ain't going to win a game when you lose the turnovers. Three turnovers for the Packers, two inside their five, another inside their own 30, and their kicker missed four field goals. Otherwise, you know, we look smart and we beat all the Sharps who were all over the Lions. Your thoughts on our Green Bay debacle? This is really fascinating because you're absolutely right. There's a lot of
1: luck that went against Green Bay betters here and against the Packers, obviously. There are the turnovers. There are the missed kicks. There's the fact that this Detroit Lions team looks like a completely different team in Week 5 than they did in Week 1. Shout out to Matt Patricia and that coaching staff for you know, growing this team as the season progresses. That really is the goal, isn't it? But at the same time, I didn't feel great about the Packers from a process perspective. Yes, there are those lost fumbles in, you know, inside their own 20-yard line, but the Packers wide receivers weren't getting open. That was creating Detroit's pressure. That's what allowed, you know, the Lions to get to Aaron Rodgers and force those fumbles. And Green Bay defense, I have no confidence in them either. So, It's really tough. The Packers are probably a better team than we saw yesterday against the Detroit Lions, but I think they are a worse team than I anticipated going into Week 5.
0: Very well said, Lynch. That was brilliantly said, and I want to add this, okay? The receiving core was not there for Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers targeted a guy named Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'd never heard his name in my life. He's a rookie fifth-round draft pick. He had 10 targets, okay? That usually would go to Cobb Or, uh, well, Devontae Adams played, but Cobb was out. Geronimo Allison had a concussion. I just want to say, if you're looking at this game and your takeaway is, well, the Packers stink. I can't bet on them. Take a deep breath, okay? Look at the box score, okay? This team is not totally done. Mike McCarthy made some very curious decisions going away from the run against the worst run defense in the league. I don't think you can automatically say, Lions are a playoff team or Packers are trash it's something in between. Right? I do want to say, if you
1: have any confidence in Mike McCarthy I as, in, as a head coach in the NFL at this point, and I don't mean you specifically, J-Mac, yeah, yeah. I mean anyone listening to this on any planet in the galaxy, <laughs> stop. Just just stop. I, I legitimately don't know if I have less confidence in Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett moving oh, forward. Oh,
0: perfect segue to our next game, Lynch. Dallas at Houston. Now, we got the worst of the line when we were discussing it here. Houston, three and a half. Guess what? Didn't cover. I mean, Bill O'Brien, toss him in that group with Jason Garrett, uh, these knucklehead coaches who make, you know, it almost feels like Gruden's in there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, am I going John overboard Gruden. when I say the game has changed so much that it feels like it may have passed some of these guys by?
1: Is that overboard? I don't think you're quite going overboard, but it's it's true that this is a completely different NFL in twenty eighteen. We're seeing it from the Rams and Sean McVay. We're seeing it from the Vikings, even, who have put together quite a little nifty uh passing game there. Yeah, and yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of trickeration, you know, before the snap and uh getting the ball to receivers in space. It's that's really the key to having a high octane offense in twenty eighteen. It's really fascinating to me with Gruden, especially. It does seem like His first 15 plays, you know, those scripted series. Oakland does some really, really cool things, and then they just don't follow it up, and that's really the fascinating part to me. But yeah, it's I think coaches are a market inefficiency right now even more than they've been in years past. Frankly,
0: Bill O'Brien's lucky that they won that game because I don't think I've ever seen something as dumb as having fourth and one on, I believe, the one-yard line with maybe 10 seconds left in the half like, why aren't you running? I, I mean, I get going for it. I'm fine with that. But to roll out your quarterback, I believe, to the big side of the field where there was a lot of space, and they knock him out at the one, and you get no points. You're up 10-6. That should have been 17-6. And if that happens, you know, Houston probably rolls and covers. I just, you know. Uh, you listen. literally grabbed your chest at that it, point. It, like- it pained me watching that garbage. Last night from Houston. Listen, Green Bay, Houston, the other game. What were we thinking, Lynch? This one also stings. The Baltimore Ravens. They were favored. Now, this is a double loss for us because you got the Ravens at one early in the week. I settled for three in the Super Contest as well. And, you know, Joe Flacco's throwing passes inside the five. Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in the NFL. Probably the Hall of Fame material, okay? He has a kick blocked. Uh, By the way, the rookie... Uh, the rookie from Ohio Denzel Ward, who people were laughing at him the Cleveland when they drafted him, he made both those plays: the pick and um, and the uh, blocked kick. And Baltimore just went into a shell offensively. Listen, I got to give it to my guy Baker Mayfield here. Okay, against the number one defense in yards per play, Mayfield only had one turnover. It was early. Weathered it. Passed for 300 yards. The, the, you know the Browns 5.5 yards per play. I, I I gotta say I gotta give it up to Cleveland and they, this is shaping up as a team that I actually think there's a big game against the Chargers Sunday. They win that they're gonna be playoff discussions with the Cleveland Browns. Now the drawback there, of course, is they get another coach in Hugh Jackson, who it toss him in that group with Jason Garrett, Bill O'Brien, the clown show. I mean Hugh Jackson is very inept. But what was I thinking? Ravens not ready for prime time. I'm sorry, they're not. What was I thinking on this game? Well, in the second
1: quarter with the Ravens inside the five-yard line about to make it 10-0 against the Cleveland Browns, I said out loud before the snap with multiple witnesses, oh, Joe Flacco's about to throw an interception here, isn't he? And guess what happened on that play? Joe Flacco threw an interception, and as we said on Thursday, when Joe Flacco throws a pick, the Ravens cover it about 33%. When he doesn't throw a pick, they cover it about 62%. It really came down to that. Um, and we said that on Thursday. We were gambling that Joe Flacco would stay clean. He didn't. Browns cover. One thing to one saving grace here, the Ravens have allowed three total points in the second half over their past three games. That's a trend that looks like it's going to continue. Really look at Baltimore's second half. Uh, there's some value there to to bet that second Good half point. live let, action.
0: Let me add something. I'm surprised we didn't see more Lamar Jackson in this game. Okay, you've got a young Cleveland defense. Why not try to throw him off with more Lamar Jackson? He only had three carries and one pass. I was a little disappointed in the Baltimore offensive game plan. Uh, okay, moving on to uh, our money line picks. Um, Lynch, uh, <laughs> uh, you were one for two, right? You uh, t- Definitely take that. You Talk about your winners before I get to uh, my Jets, who we need to talk about more on this podcast. Yeah, and this is... I, I got lucky. I got very lucky. No, went, you got
1: unlucky. Well, I did get unlucky in the in the Dolphins Bengals game. Yeah. Had you know the Dolphins were up, I think, seventeen points, 17-3, had them at plus two twenty-five there. Really felt like I was gonna cash and make up for some of my early losses. Um of course the Bengals come storming back. Ryan Tannehill throws what probably was the most ridiculous interception of the day. I don't know, it's tough with Blake Bortles throwing a pick <laughs> off someone's helmet. Um <laughs> But I would say that I got lucky in the sense that I went two and five on the weekend between UFC 229 and NFL Sunday, but I turned a profit uh, because of these money line bets. Mm. And so there's something that I want to really zero in on here. These there's. A trend in the NFL right now where you have two very even teams by DVOA, which is my preferred metric for kind of assessing where a team is. We saw it with Cincinnati and Miami. DVOA said they were basically the same team. We saw it with Arizona and San Francisco. DVOA said they were basically the same team. And on both of those games, you were getting two to one on one of the sides. That's one of my big plays right now. Because it means you don't necessarily have to hit 58% to be profitable. If I'm getting plus 200, that means I only have to win that bet one out of three times yeah. to break even, right? Because that I'm getting two times my bet every time that I win. So there, in this NFL where there's a lot of parity, there's a lot of turnovers, there's a lot of confusion with penalties and the current rule set, if my numbers say that, or if the numbers say that two teams are basically a coin flip, and I can get two to one odds on one of those. I'm gonna hit that bet hard week in, week
0: out. So you had uh, Dolphins plus two twenty five, and they did lead seventeen three entering the fourth before Tannehill just just took my soul out of my body. Um, in what I, I, I just. Two turnovers for touchdowns in a nine-minute span. Lynch, I wasn't angry. I was just in stunned silence because I had them in the Super Contest. It felt like a win. But, you know, again, to the, to the new gamblers out there, plus 225 means you lay 100, you win 225 bucks. Uh, now, you did hit Arizona, right? Correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, that,
1: and again, that was one. Those poor 49ers. I mean, who's getting injured next in San Francisco? It's, but, yeah, that was one where we saw Josh Rosen in week four. Looked solid. In fact, looked pretty good. He had a couple drop passes. Otherwise, his stat line would have been even better. Uh, I had faith then that Arizona was going to be able to hang tough against the 49ers, getting plus 172. So I bet $100, and when I won, I got 272, my initial $100 bet, plus 172 in profit. So that helped make up for some of these spread losses where you're you're betting 100
0: to win 90 or whatever the VIG might be. Just uh, to recap as well, before anybody goes and thinks Arizona's like, oh, they're playable. They had 10 first downs. And Josh Rosen completed 10 passes. Meanwhile, 49ers, 33 first downs, 450 yards of total offense. Very strange game. Uh, I'm going to be looking to play against the 49ers going forward. But I want to recap my money line winner. New York Jets, baby. How about my Jets? Really came through. I will say there were some nervous moments early, right? They gave up the early fumble and then the touchdown. Fall behind. Typical New York Jets. Don't score in the first quarter again. But they really came through thanks to the ground game and Sam Darnold. I don't want to boast and say I nailed this game, but this was a get-well spot for Darnold. And we don't talk enough about spots, Lynch. This was a bad spot for Denver. They were worn down. They got trucked in the run game in the second half. And the Jets came through at uh, minus 105 for me. They did come through in the Super Contest as well. So I, I went 2-2 two and two in the Super Contest with uh, the Redskins pending tonight. Again, Miami was good just absolutely gutted me um and the Vikings did hit for me I, I I just don't know what I was thinking not taking the Cardinals per your advice that was a layup
1: real quick shout out to uh, our good friend Colin Coward he predicted earlier in the week last week that Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield Josh Allen and Josh Rosen would all win on Sunday guess what happened wow 4-4-4 four, four, four. Four
0: oh. okay so you know can we tack that on to what were you thinking Listen to Colin Coward. Yes, as usual. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. All right, we want to quickly look ahead to week six uh, before we get to the Monday night football game tonight. And Lynch, you know, every Sunday we're swapping text messages about what lines jump out. I want to start with Jaguars-Cowboys because, again, I said earlier here, I didn't think this was the worst performance ever for the Jags in Kansas City. Bortles had a couple unfortunate turnovers. Can't stress enough, and you, you love to mention it, there is an element of luck to turnovers. Now, I know Blake Bortles put up a lot of yards yesterday. He had, I believe, four interceptions uh, in the Kansas City loss. My takeaway is I think everybody's going to shy away from the Jaguars after that you know loss in Kansas City. And uh, I know it's back-to-back road games for Jacksonville, But I believe, even though Leonard Fournette, that was just announced shortly, he's not going to play again. I think there's going to be value on the Jags getting one in Dallas. I know the Cowboys are good at home, but the way that we've seen uh, Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford in back-to-back weeks just have their way with this Dallas secondary, I think Bortles can get well this week in Dallas, and I don't think Dak's going to be able to have any success against that. Jacksonville defense
1: this is the key this is what we talk about every Monday if you are a even if you are a serious casual gambler and I genuinely believe those people exist people who just want to have some skin in the game but they want to make the smartest bet they possibly can frankly that's our audience this is the people we're speaking to we're here for you if you feel adamantly about a team and I think this Jaguars team Forget what happened against the Chiefs. The, the NFL right now is built for offense, and that Chiefs offense is so, so good. The Jaguars are still a very good team. Yep. They are a team that could breach the Super Bowl with this defense. I wholeheartedly believe they are going to beat the snot out of the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I genuinely believe that. Bold. With, the, with the problems that the Cowboys have on the offensive line, this line opened at Jacksonville minus one. It's now Jacksonville minus three. Jacksonville is getting 92% of the money as we record this podcast. 68% of the tickets because the Dallas Cowboys will always be America's team, and they will always get at least one-third of the tickets. This line is going to keep steaming to three and a half at least. Uh, So I got in at Jacksonville minus one. If you are listening to this right now and it's Jacksonville minus three – Three is a key number. Uh, We've talked about this before. 23% of NFL games are decided by three points or fewer. But if you really like Jacksonville like I do, get in now because that line is going to keep moving.
0: Wow. So my mistake. I said plus one Jacksonville. They opened minus one. They're now up to minus three on the road. Again, that's no Leonard Fournette. Back-to-back road games. The inconsistencies for Jacksonville look like world beaters taking down the Patriots. Looked ordinary against the Titans. Back to world beaters against the Jets, and then against Kansas City, they flamed out. Next up, Lynch. We got to go back to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. They are hosting the L.A. Chargers. Now, we we did, we did were on, on point with the Chargers against the Raiders. That was not really a, a highly contested game. Here in this one, the Chargers, looks like the game opened up pick or Chargers by one. I have a feeling that the play here is going to be the Browns. Now, again, it's only Monday. we got to look at injury reports. But this Cleveland team at home has looked sharp. And i got to say, I know the Chargers' defense look good against the Raiders. I think a lot of that is John Gruden ineptitude. Like, I don't understand why you don't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch at the two-yard line. I, I just don't get that. Then they run a pass, intercepted. This Browns' defense is better, I believe, than the Chargers' defense. And uh, I, I think Baker Mayfield, again, no Joey Bosa. Uh, for for the Chargers, he's still out. I think the play here is going to be the Browns. Again, it's early in the week. I'm not giving it out. Uh, we'll do that on Thursday. But my lean here is Browns. Where where do you see the money coming in so far, Lynch?
1: I lean Chargers, and that's interesting to me because I'm I'm seeing this line having opened around Pickham. Um, very quickly went to one and a half at some places, uh, minus one and a half Chargers, and is back down to minus one. LA. Huh. So, so warring this might, groups, Yeah, huh? this could swing back to a Pickham. The only hesitation—I have two hesitations. There's that larger home underdog trend that is really becoming go. compelling. Uh, that I'm going to have to sit down and really take a hard, long look at. And the other thing is that Cleveland defense. Again, the Baltimore Ravens have allowed three points in the second half in their past three games, and the Browns still managed to win that game on Sunday because they crushed the Baltimore offense. I don't know right now. And that's kind of the most fun part in gambling is when there's line movement and I'm really not sure which side of it I'm on uh, because I'm going to have to dig
0: deep into this one and see if it's a play for me. Now, that's a great point. We don't talk enough about the trenches here on this podcast. It's tough to dig into the trenches, but I will say this. Phillip Rivers, 13 TDs two picks he's only been sacked six times right they're getting the ball out quickly a lot of stuff in space not going down the field as much but he's got playmakers in uh, Eckler who's on my fantasy team had a great game Melvin Gordon we know he's got gates I I, I want to see how this Cleveland defense I don't know if they've faced an offense this good yet they're- this is a much better offense one counterpoint to that really quickly
1: and this is fascinating the uh miles garrett has one of two sub two second sacks in the nfl in the past five years from the time the ball was snapped till the time he he sacked the quarterback this cleveland browns defense at that front seven they get off the line quick and they get to the quarterback
0: so you want to take a close look at the chargers uh how their offensive line is held up before you make a play on that game all right next up we want to quickly do one of the rare big spreads this week lynch I believe 11 of the 15 games this week have a spread of 3.5 or less. That, to me, is a danger zone. Danger, Will Robinson. But we're going to talk 49ers-Packers, a game with a big spread. The Packers favored by 9.5. Now, two weeks ago, the Packers were at home against Jacksonville, favored by—I'm uh, sorry, against Buffalo. Packers were favored against Buffalo. I believe it was in the 7-9 to nine range. Money came in late on the Bills, remember? Packers rolled, 22 nothing. Is this going to be another scenario where Packers coming off a loss, going home, get-well spot against the 49ers who have to travel to the Midwest? Jeez, they got to go back to the Midwest. Remember, they were there for Minnesota earlier this season uh, and didn't cover. They're beat up. Top two running backs down, Breida and McKinnon, and Jimmy G's out. I, I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I don't care what the Packers situation is. I like them favored by nine and a half.
1: It's funny. I can feel my brain underrating the Packers yes. because of that result. I can like I can legitimately feel that I am not giving them their due going into next week. I do wonder if I'm doing the same thing with the 49ers, though. They do have those injuries, particularly on offense. They're allowing 5.3 yards per play on defense, which ties with the Cleveland Browns and that monstrous defense we've been talking about. So, is there a chance that San Francisco keeps this within nine points, especially with a Packers offense that's really not looking great? That's my consideration.
0: That's very, it's a smart uh, theory on yours. Again, the injury report here is definitely worth watching. Uh, I'm reading here that the 49ers were also without Jimmy Ward uh, last week, one of their good defensive backs. This is a beat up team. Uh, We don't think Richard Sherman is going to be 100%. Keep an eye on the 49ers injuries. And, Lynch, the last one here, we're quickly going to touch on Redskins-Panthers. Now, the Skins play tonight on Monday Night Football, but you believe Redskins-Panthers is intriguing next week. Uh, Why is that?
1: Yeah, the Panthers opened at plus one here, um, and right now that's about 27% sharp. We've got 55% of the tickets coming in on Carolina, 82% of the money. Now, the caveat there is this game hasn't been bet all that often. There's a fewer number of bets, so it's a very small sample size, and that could shift quickly. What intrigues me in terms of watching this line, obviously, Washington hasn't played yet. They've got this Monday night game against the Saints. This line is probably going to move pretty drastically depending on the outcome of the Monday night game. So again, if you have a strong lean, Carolina or Washington, I don't. I probably lean toward Washington um, but I don't have a strong read on that yet. But if you do, watch this Monday night game, see how it plays out through the first half, pay attention to the actual play on the field and not the score, and then get your money in. Whether it's Carolina, whether it's Washington, get your money in before the line moves because of the Monday night game.
0: Do, and do you have an initial feel for either side? I do want to ask, before you answer, let me ask you this. The New York Giants were 0-7 for 7 on third down. Against the Panthers. Didn't convert one-third down all game long. Had three turnovers. But averaged eight yards per play. Against a defense that just came off a bye and added Eric Reed in the secondary. Again, I know we, you know, hammer away at Eli Manning. Passed for almost 400 yards and they moved the ball at will. There's some problems in the Panthers uh, secondary there.
1: You ask me if I have a lean. It's tough. I would lean Washington mm-hmm. because they are closer to being good on both sides of the ball, according to DVOA. Heading into Monday night, they have the eighth best offense and the twelfth best defense. Whereas the Panthers have the sixth best sixth best offense and the twenty fourth ranked defense. Um, but they're eight and nine. Carolina eight, Washington nine, respectively in total DVOA. I mean, a one-point spread is right on the money. Yeah. Now, are you ready
0: for some football? And to wrap up the podcast, Lynch, we are going to talk about the big Monday Night Football game, super intriguing Redskins at Saints. The storylines are all over the place, right? The return of Mark Ingram from suspension for the Saints. The Adrian Peterson revenge game uh, against Sean Payton. He was unceremoniously booted from the Saints last year when he started the season with them. And, of course, you know, Washington coming off a bye week. And I do think there's value in the Redskins here. The line opened at six and a half. It's now down to six. A lot of sharp money on the Redskins. They are one of the five most popular picks in the Super Contest this week, which uh, may not be a good thing. But, Lynch, you know, before we dive in too deep, I know the Saints are thought of as Super Bowl contenders. But this defense is so bad compared to last year. Can you you know, put money down on the same favor by six in a season where we're seeing a lot of underdogs really show up so far?
1: So would you say for the Saints it's the return of the mark? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? I mean, I wouldn't. I'm asking if you would. I would and, not. Uh, that's probably smart. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in Washington here. Uh, to your point, what does our good buddy Todd Furman say? The public plays teams and players. They play names. Smart bettors play numbers. Numbers. And so, yes, the Saints, people still think of this Drew Brees, this epic offense. And they certainly are. They have the eighth best offense in the, uh, excuse me, uh, they have the, the sixth best offense in the NFL this season. They're, they're fantastic. But the defense hasn't been there. And they haven't been putting it all together as a, as a total package for 60 minutes. I am eyeing. A Washington money line play Ooh. here. Again, this comes down to the theory that I've been espousing in that Cardinals-49ers game and in that Bengals-Dolphins game. The, Washington is ninth in total DVOA entering this Monday night game. The Saints are 11th. It's basically a coin flip between these two teams, according to the advanced numbers, and I'm getting plus 220 with Washington on the road. Now, I've got a couple caveats. I know the Saints are ridiculous in the Dome, right? I know that I'm asking Alex Smith to keep up with Drew Brees, and saying that out loud makes my head hurt. I know that Washington is second worst in the NFL against the run, and to your point, Mark Ingram is back tonight. Mm. In a weird way, Washington almost wants the ball in Drew Brees' hands in this game because Washington has an elite pass defense but at plus 220 even knowing those things knowing that i probably lose this game more often than win it but again i'm getting that 2 to 1 all i need to do is have washington win this game one out of 3 times and with two evenly
0: matched teams i think i get that and more i like that i like that analysis now lynch you know i know they're big in the dome they did lose to the bucks in the season opener at home barely beat the browns if the cleveland browns kicker had any clue you know, the Saints would be 0-2 at home. It feels like a night where there's going to be a Drew Brees coronation, right? He's set to break, I guess, two records or tie or whatever the numbers are. He, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Josh Norman is a really good quarterback. His matchup against Michael Thomas is interesting. I I, I got to side with you here. I, I'm pulling for the Redskins hard tonight. I, I think we're going to see a close game. And I, we haven't even mentioned Alex Smith. He is one of the most underrated regular season quarterbacks of the last few years. Alex Smith really delivers. And finally, the Redskins led the Saints in New Orleans last year. Now, when they had Kirk Cousins at the time. 31-16 with about six minutes left. And they gagged it away. It was a brutal to watch. I think the Redskins, is you know to your point, they're going to be a live dog to outright steal this tonight on Monday Night Football.
1: I really like that we mentioned Alex Smith there because I'm a firm believer that short of being a true superstar, someone who is just completely dominant at what they do, the second most important skill as a professional athlete is decision making. That's what separates the really good and the really great players from the average is they make better decisions, play in and play out and few quarterbacks in the NFL over the past decade have been better decision-makers than Alex Smith. He's not He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not going to outrun someone like Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to matriculate the ball down the field like Derek Carr, but he's going to keep the ball in his team's hands, and he is going to make the right
0: play, and I love that. All right, Lynch, that should do it for this podcast. We hit on Put Up or Shut Up. We learned a lot on Sunday, Bloody Sunday. I forgot to recap my college picks. Started 2-0, lost the final three. Second straight losing week in college football. You know what that means. I've got to get to producer Conrad and get some college winners. I mean, this is two straight weeks I've embarrassed myself. Otherwise, you know, Lynch, you ready to sign off? Any parting shots, words of wisdom perhaps for our gambling audience?
1: Yeah, don't get discouraged. As long as you're out there gambling responsibly, you know, manage your bankroll, make sure that you're doing this for fun and doing it for the right reasons, but don't get discouraged. It's process over results. If you are doing your homework, if you're listening to the coming up winners podcast, if you're out there just trying to make the smartest bets that you can, or if your process is, you know what? I don't care if I win or lose. I just want some sweat in the game this Sunday. Trust that process. Genuinely. Don't get discouraged week five. You're going to have some bad weeks. We certainly did. This, too,
0: shall pass. I like that pep talk, Lynch. He's Andrew Lynch. I'm Jason McIntyre. Thank you for listening to Coming Up Winners. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back on Thursday. Talk to you then.